Praise the Lord. Well, you got your Bible with you tonight? You know, in looking in the Word of God, there's sometimes, you know, as, as you go through, there's some commonalities that you find that people have, some characteristics that people have that are common uh, to those that get results that we're all looking for. And, you know, I want to look at that tonight in the book of Mark. There's five different instances here. Four of them are, are people, are people that, uh, who received from God, of course, and then the, the fifth one being Jesus himself. And uh, several years ago, I came across somebody in, uh, encouraged me to, re- to read a book called All In by Mark Batterson, and it really, really blessed me. And uh, since that time, as I go through the Word of God, whenever I see that, and, it, and God just brings it to my mind, then I'll write the phrase all in in my Bible. And it's amazing. Anything we do for God is going to take an all-in decision. There is no plan B. There's no compromise to it. And uh, really, we're not, and I hear I, I'm not talking to you tonight about entering into a worldwide ministry. I'm just talking about to you just obeying the leading of the Spirit of God, whatever God has called you to do, and receiving from God. It's an all-in. In fact, I think uh, uh, we don't tell people, but really to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior means all-in. If I declare him, thank God he's our Savior, but he's also our Lord, right? That means I'm bought with a price. And we're to glorify God, the Bible says, with our body and our spirits, which are his. He paid for us. He bought us out of, out of bondage, glory to God, and set us free. And... Uh, as we look at this tonight, I, I just want you to, there's some practical things, spiritual things that uh, I think we can learn from this. So I'm going to start in Mark chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation tonight. Verse number 1, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back, at, back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door while he was preaching God's word to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. I want to read on through verse 12 here just to read the whole the whole. Uh, uh, session there. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now here's something. Religion will always cause you to miss the main point. They weren't, I mean, they're all upset because Jesus said your sins are forgiven you. They don't care about this man. Amen. You know, we need to be careful with that. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, I love that from the New Living, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Hallelujah. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear about things I've never seen before. I want to be there when things I've never seen before that God does. 
But notice here that this man was paralyzed and they evidently had heard about Jesus. And he had four friends who brought him to the meeting, carrying him in his, in, on a mat, a bed of some sort, you know, maybe a, some type of a, of a gurney, you know, something. Of course, didn't have wheels on it. They're carrying him. They can't get in. There's so many people there. So many people. Other, you know, other accounts, Luke 5 said that there was doctors of the law and, and teachers there, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Yet none of them got healed. This was the only one with his friends. Notice Jesus, uh, it says in verse, uh, verse 5, seeing their faith. Seeing their faith. You know faith can be seen. We know faith can be heard, but faith can be seen. I want you to notice they were willing to do whatever was necessary to get to Jesus. In other words, they made an all-in decision. They didn't play it safe. They weren't looking for the, they weren't, you know, like a lot of times happens to, to folks, as soon as there's an obstacle, they quit. As soon as it looked like, well, you know, well, you, you know, and now, now, honey, you tried it. You tried it. That was, no, you know, you tried it. And God knows you tried, honey. Amen. You know, you, you know. They wouldn't take no for an answer. I'm sure they told, can you imagine? Here these folks got mad about them. Jesus saying, your sins are forgiven. How about them tearing up the roof? Now, I would say they got probably one of the best carpenters around. They're preaching the service. So maybe I don't know if he fixed the roof or not. I, I don't know about that. But notice they went all in. I love what Brother Mark Hankin says. Every one of us need four crazy friends who will rip the roof off to get us to Jesus and get our answer. Amen? They were all in. Whatever it took, they made a decision, we're going to get you to Jesus. And evidently they made a decision, you're going to be healed. I love that, that the man jumped up, took his bed or his mat and walked out (laughs) through the stunned onlookers. Ooh, glory to God. We need, we got a world right now that needs to be stunned. Amen. They need to be stunned by God, by what God does. When everything around them is going down and we're going up, they can't figure it out. They need to be stunned. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at Mark chapter five. These are, these are familiar uh, instant incidents here or things that actually happened during the ministry of Jesus. But here we have this woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Verse 25 says, I'm reading again from the New Living, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She'd suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she'd spent everything she had to pay them. But she'd gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. She'd heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, other translations said, for she said or kept saying to herself. In other words, she's having a conversation with herself. If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she'd been healed from, of, for her, of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and, to the, in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? 
But he kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Now you say, what, what, this, what, is, all, what is an all, what's all in about this woman? What decision did she make? You know, as you read about, and you go back to the, uh, the law, the book of Moses, and you read the laws that God gave him, this woman was in a, in a condition that made her unclean. She's not even allowed out in public without announcing. Of course, you know, we went to, she went to the doctors. We know that for 12 years. But she has to announce unclean. Nobody's going to be in contact with her. In fact, going to the doctor is the only thing she has. She's not even allowed in the strictest sense to be around her family. Think about this. She's been abandoned by her family. She's been abandoned by her church. She's been abandoned by every, every one of her friends. She's living a life, but somehow she heard about Jesus. Thank God. You know, sometimes it seems like if we could take testimonies, you don't know how, you don't know why it happened, but you heard about Jesus. Glory to God. But she made a decision that day because according to the law, she could be put to death right there on the spot without announcing herself. In fact, there would have been no crowd to get to Jesus had she announced unclean. I'm unclean. I've got an issue of blood. I mean, you talk about the Red Sea parting. That crowd of people would have parted. Amen. You know, just go back to 2020 when somebody sneezed. 21, somebody sneezed. Oh my goodness. You should have been on air. I don't know how many, if you should have been on airplanes back in those days. Oh man. Somebody coughed and everybody, oh, you know, we've been living around coughing all of our life. Then all of a sudden somebody coughs. We forgot that by Jesus stripes we're healed. Well, let me move right along here with that. But she made a decision. I'm going to Jesus. And here's her, here's her all indecision. She's either getting healed or she's dying. We know she's already, she's 12 years. She's nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now she's out of money. So she's got a decision. I'm going out there. I'm going to get to Jesus. I believe if I touch his clothes, now, Luke chapter 8 is where this is found in Luke's account, but in Luke, cha- or Luke 8 or 9, but in Luke chapter 6, it talks about people who came and touched Jesus, just touched his garment and they were healed. Maybe that's what she heard. I don't know. But she heard and she made a decision. I'm not staying in this condition any longer. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's things in your life you've been putting up with. You have to make a decision just like this. I'm not putting up with this any longer. I'm going all in. I'm going all in. Mark chapter 10. Here's another account of someone who went all in. Verse 46. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. 
Now that phrase, son of David, here's Bartimaeus. He recognizes that this is the Messiah, the descendant of David that's going by him that day. How he knew that, I don't know, but he knew it. People said, be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. I had some notes that, uh, and some study on this. Let me look, look at this real quick. I wrote there in this Bible here. It's interesting that uh, uh, in the King James, it says, many charged him that he should hold his peace. Many charged him. The word there is, is, is a, the English uh, word from the Greek is epitomio, which means to dishonor. Literally what they told the man was, be quiet, you have no value. But thank God, thank God this man was willing, willing. They told him, be quiet, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When everyone was against him, he kept on. You know, everybody's not going to be excited that you make a decision to follow Jesus and do what God called you to do. Not everybody's going to understand it. Hear these people. Told him, be quiet. In that, as I said, that word means they dishonored him and told him to be quiet. That's saying it nicely. We just said, shut up. Just shut up. Jesus doesn't need, you quit bothering Jesus. You don't deserve anything from him. Shut up. Verse 49, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. And so these same people, you know, people are funny, aren't they? So they called him by me, cheer up. They said, come on, he's calling you. Hallelujah. I've been, you know, I'm sure we've all been treated that way before. All been treated that way before. I know that, uh, uh, you know, praise the Lord. Now, nobody that's here tonight, but this did happen here. When the difference of how I was treated for a year and a half when I was just a church member, and then I started working in the RMAI department and teaching at Ramah. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make and makes us not like God is we're respecter of persons. But we can be like God because he told us to be like him and to love people that way. He's no respecter of persons. Aren't you glad? Amen. So, (laughs) cheer up. (laughs) Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. Now, sometimes we just read over that. Threw aside his coat. See, his garment, how many of you know that sometimes uh, what someone wears identifies them? Okay? You know, as a uniform or a certain shirt or certain kind of garment identifies that person according to who they are and what they, what they do and the authority that they have. <clears throat> well, in that day, you were given a coat or garment to wear if you were... If you, were, if you were certified blind and you, you were allowed to beg because you couldn't hold a job, you were allowed to beg, this man had this garment. 
But I want you to notice, he threw it aside. Because he said, I'm never going to have to beg again because I'm not leaving here blind today. Amen. Glory to God. He said, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Isn't it interesting that Jesus asked him what he wanted? you think it would have been obvious, but I think sometimes we're, we're so unspecific about things that we don't get what we're after. Jesus said, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down there. Had, have you noticed in all three cases here that it mentions their faith so far? That was one of the things that God told, that helped Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, get off of that bed of affliction as he called it was when the Lord said, did you notice her faith made her whole? And if her faith can make her whole, your faith can make you whole? See, because people told him, you know, healing's been done away with. But the Lord said, have you ever heard any preacher tell you that, he, that faith's been done away with? He said, no, I haven't. And the Lord said, no, you never will. Because without faith, you can't even be born again. Thank God. Hallelujah. Look at Mark chapter 14. Let's drop down to verse 3 here. Mark 14, let's drop to verse 3. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman. Oh, I'm reading from the King James. Hang on a second. That sounds awful King Jamesy. There it was. Let me finish it. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the, ha- at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made, and I love this phrase, from the essence of nard. I, I looked up the word nard. First, in the kingdom, it says spike nard. First, I looked up the word spike nard and nard. I was more confused after I read the definition in the dictionary than I was before I did it. Nard. I've heard of being a nerd, but I'd never heard of a nard, you know. But anyway... This is, some, this is some expensive stuff here, all right? <laughs> she, she made, that was made. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a thing to a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. I'd never seen it before until we were actually coming to church last Sunday morning and had... Uh, if you any of you listen to KXOJ, you know, morning, the worship time on there with, uh, is it Andy Christman? And uh, there was a worship leader who had written a song about this, and he pointed this out. I'd never, I'd read this, I don't know how many times. Notice, she didn't take the cork out of the perfume bottle to just give a little of what she had. 
she broke the bottle open and poured it all on Jesus. She went all in, all in with her adoration, all in with her praise, all in with her worship of Jesus. She didn't hold anything back. She poured it all out. And Jesus said, as I tell you the truth, wherever the good news, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. She went all in, all in. She didn't come asking for anything. She didn't come to receive anything. She came to give everything that she had. Think about this. I heard a guy say, he said, he said this, he said, he said, if, if a storm comes, he said, I'm not running. He said, I care less. I'm not running to grab anything. I'm going to my wife's makeup counter. I'm going to grab all of her stuff. How many of you ladies know that stuff can get expensive? He said, that's the most valuable thing we've got in our house. <laughs> this woman brought, do any of you have perfume that costs you a, a, a year's wages? If you do, I want to talk to you after service. If you have, <laughs> amen. I mean, if you just were, I mean, that's expensive perfume. She didn't hold any of it back. She brought every bit of it. She broke open that jar, that box. I love that song that C.C. Winan sings about the alabaster box. There's a line that said, you don't know, you don't know the cost of my praise. You don't know the price that had to be paid for me to be here today to worship. You don't know. You weren't there. You weren't there. I was. Don't tell me this is too much. Don't tell me this is too much. What this woman knew was I've got to give the best I got because it, even that's not enough. And those that were there fussed at her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Hallelujah. She went all in. Of course, the greatest example of this is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look here in same chapter, verse 32. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him and became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass by, pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. He went all in. He went all in, even up to this place. He could have, he could have, he had every right. He never said, he had every right not to go through with this. You know, you and I have every right to say no to God. He's given us a free will. You have a right to say, no, I'm not going to do that. 
You have a right to not forgive. You have a right, I mean, as far as creative right, but you have a right to not love. But you're choosing to disobey God. And you're choosing to go against God's leading and guiding of us. We're called to go all in. We're called to love like God loves. Jesus said, by this shall all men know you're my disciples indeed if you have loved one for another. He said, love one another as I have loved you. He laid down his life for us. He just didn't, listen, this was not a one-time laying. Jesus is still living at the right hand of God to make intercession for us. He just didn't give his life. He gave his life forever. We get caught up with so many things on earth that don't matter. So many things that have no eternal value whatsoever. So many things that are not going to carry, they're not, they're going to stay here on this earth, this earth that's going to burn up and be changed in a moment and instant. It's all going to burn up that's left here. It doesn't matter, all of that, all those things. I'm not saying don't plan and make, make, I'm not saying all those things. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you shouldn't know the state of your flocks. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you shouldn't live responsibly. I'm not saying any of that. I am saying this, what matters? And are we willing to make an all-in decision? Years ago, I heard someone talking about a quality decision about which there is no question from which there is no withdrawal. You cannot, when you make a decision like this, there was no going back for that woman with issue of blood. She's already out there. There's no going back to that garment for, for Bartimaeus. He'd already thrown it aside. There's no going back. I can't put that oil back in the jar. It's, the jar has been broken. What's God asking you to do? What's God been telling you to do? What's the Spirit of God been leading you to do? Not my will, but yours be done, Father. From that book, in the very first chapter of that book by Mark Batterson, he says this, and I've mentioned this before, but I want to read this whole chapter. A century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. They purchased single tickets to the mission field without the return half. And instead of suitcases, they packed their few earthly belongings into coffins. As they sailed out of port, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved, everything they knew. They knew they'd never return home. Now, your, your decision, God, and what God's leading you to do may not be as drastic as this, but this is, this is the idea here. A.W. Milne was one of these missionaries, those missionaries. He set sail for the New Hebrides in, in the South Pacific, knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every missionary before him. Milne did not fear for his life because he'd already died to himself. His coffin was packed. For 35 years, he lived among the tribe and loved them. When he died, tribe members buried him in the middle of their village and inscribed his epitaph on his tombstone, this epitaph on his tombstone. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. And then this is the part, listen to this. When did we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? That faithfulness is holding forth. That playing it safe is safe. That there's any greater privilege than sacrifice. That radical is anything but normal. Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. 
Faithfulness is not holding this fo- the fort, it's storming the gates of hell. The will of God is not an insurance plan, it's a daring plan. The complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ isn't radical, it's normal. It's time to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. It's time to go all in and all out for the all in all. And he ends the chapter with this statement, pack your coffin. I don't know what it is God has been talking to you about. I don't know what he's got in your future, but I know this, to live for God takes an all in decision. Amen. I'm so glad that in 1950, when in May of 1950 in Houston, Texas, when the Lord spoke audibly to Brother Hagin, said, go teach my people faith, that he made an all-in decision and gave his life, the next 36 years of his life, to teaching, he'd been doing it, but to carry out that mandate and to pray out the plan of God that he's going to have to, you're going to have to raise up others. God, I'm only one man. And I'm so glad that Kenneth W. Hagin in 1973, when he heard, we're, that's why we're going to start a Bible school right here on these premises, decided to go all in. And in those early days, we don't, we don't, we don't think about it now, but in those early days, when he wouldn't, he would come. I heard, I heard an early, uh, someone that graduated from the second year of Raymond, the, still the second class that was down at the, at the old, at Sheridan uh, Road Assembly down there that was still there. We'll talk about coming to class one day and they're on their way to school. They saw Pastor Hagen walking to class because he'd run out of gas. It's all the money. He put all the money he had in. He, he, he was out of gas. He parked the car and he walked to class and taught him for four hours on faith. Believe in God. And he went home and he told Mrs. Hagen, who we look at now, we call the first lady of the church, the director of Raymond Bible Training College all over the world. He told her, if we have to sell everything we have, we're going to make this place work. All in decisions. All in decisions. What decision? You don't know. He read those statistics this morning. They had no idea. They thought if they could graduate 50 people a year, just train 50 people a year, 116,000 plus later in 49 years. You don't know what your all-in decision is going to do. You have no idea, and you don't have to know. I think if God told us, we'd run the other way. All in decision. I just want everybody right now just to bow your head. This is between you and God, not between me and you. It's between you and God right now. Father, I just thank you. Father, I know you. I know how that you lead and you guide that you're such a, such a merciful father. But by your spirit, you've been talking to all of us. First of all, Father, I pray that we'd have ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to understand, to know your will. Father, I thank you that as we're here tonight, as each one communes with you, as I commune with you, that I dedicate and consecrate myself tonight, Lord God. Just right where you are, you talk to God. 
Don't let me do your praying for you. Father, just tonight. Oh, my bamba ki se jungunde de bajikite. Hey, chukundanda bajingide de dungingide de manji dungumbanste. Inja gondungide de jungumbanda do batubide de ba. Oh God, patabeshikide de bebe. Oh yes, but yes. Oh my. Hai regungide de dungundu jungunde de bandu kule de de beklete. Ego do 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 momo so 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 do 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 mukunde de be de be me me la makese se de be na mako dando kunde de si jungitele bande shukote de de me me pete pesiki patoro shukunde de de mamanti de kishi chini kide de me me nikitele tunus bodo no momo mo sikire de be me shite gumba talati de de me kishi jikidumba tatisti kinde de but you say, I, I, I thought I made it, but it didn't turn out the way I thought. Who said, it's, who said it's done? Who told you it's over? Who told you that God finished? Who told you that you're too old or you're too young or you're too this or you're too that? You're a person, a child of God, kings and priests under the Most High. The mighty Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you. And there's nothing impossible with God and nothing impossible to those who believe. To go all in. Set aside every weight that does so easily deceive us, the sin and the weights that easily deceive us and hold you back. Set it aside and go all in. You'll know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And you'll see what stuns the world. And you'll see things that surprise you even. God will make himself real as he did to each one of these who made an all-in decision. as we sing this song.
God, I don't want to truly, I don't want to live and not truly have lived. I don't want the end to come and not truly to have followed you. on the inside of me tonight that some of you are dealing with some heartache broken dreams that it wasn't it wasn't God's final place that was missed it was a misunderstanding so as we do so many times we put our own interpretation on things and we think it's going to be this and God has another plan and my job's just to go all in your will Lord God your will but Jesus is anointed to heal the broken hearted just right now right where you are just let him heal your heart let him heal you let him strengthen you. Let him minister to you right now. Be strong in the Lord. Be very courageous. Go ahead. Step out there again and do what God told you to do. Hallelujah. Pastor Hagen talked to us this morning about us working together. We are a congregation. Amen. Maybe you got to quit seeing yourself as the man on the, on the pallet. Start seeing yourself as one of the four crazy friends of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Our prayer team, go ahead and come on down. Hallelujah. He's so good, amen. Oh, I just want to encourage you. Go all in. Don't hold back from God. Go all in. Start with the little things. Go all in. Do what God said to do. Do what his word said to do. Forgive that person. Let go of that offense. Walk in love. Start, start with those things and see where God takes you. Amen. Well, if you're here tonight and you need prayer for anything, our ladies are over here on my right and your left. Our men are on my left and your right. Did we end up having, you guys already took care. If we had any first-time guests, you took care of them. Thank you. Don't forget Wednesday night, Hour of Power. And then also Synergy this week. Synergy starts SDC 2, if you look right across the road here, SDC 1 has the canopy. SDC 2 is the second building there south, and it's upstairs. The entrance right over here, go up the stairs, and Synergy is going to be meeting up there. I'm going to have to get over there and see that LED screen they're talking about, or whatever it is, you know. I don't know. Amen. I want to go see it. Glory to God. How many of you have been going to Synergy? Let me see your hands. All right, some of the rest of you just need to start going.
especially young folks. There's no young, there's no young adults. So go to Synergy. Amen. Them folks are old. They're 25. Oh, get over it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, God bless you. We'll see you on Wednesday night, Hour of Power. Have a great week. Amen.